the message today is, and uh, really we've got a few weeks here before Advent starts, and uh, once we hit the last Sunday in November, that's when Advent starts, where we start uh, looking uh, to celebrate uh, Christ's first coming, right, Christmas season and so on, and um, there's something in the newsletter that, that just went out, by the way, uh, last night by email, and then the hard copies are here. Um, but we're going to be using a devotional like we did last time, and it actually happens to be also by Sinclair Ferguson again. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and what I'm going to do is, is um, I will pick one of, one of the devotional readings during the, a particular week, and I'm going to preach on that passage that was covered in the devotional. So um, if you don't get our newsletter or anything like that, yeah, you can get, again, hard copies are pinned up to the uh, bulletin board there. I think they're probably also on the way when you come into the fellowship hall. There's a table there. You can grab one. You can find out about the book, um, uh, about the devotional if you want to uh, follow along with that. Again, that, that will start um, whatever the last Sunday in November is. Okay, um, But these next few weeks, um, I'm going to talk about something that uh, I feel like God was really speaking to me about. Uh, really, so this might be more about Greg than it is you, but I guess we'll find out by the time we're done. Um, and so uh, on our time away, uh, Linda and I usually get some kind of a takeaway that God's given us while we were there, uh, you know, each of us. Um, and so one of the things that uh, God was really impressing upon my heart was... Um, just this concept of seeking God's face. And uh, that may sound like, if you're not familiar with that phrase, it is a biblical phrase. It sounds a little odd to seek someone's face. Um, But um, we're going to talk about that in in different facets of it um, from the scriptures here these next couple of weeks. So my goal in the message today is that... um, is to stir up uh, a biblical desire uh, and, uh, for seeking God's face and to stir up uh, your affections for Jesus. Uh, that's, that's what God would want. He wants our hearts to be um, just seeking Him. And um, certainly God wants us to come to Him with all of our stuff and all of our requests um, but what I'm talking about is it's kind of seeking the giver more than the gifts that he can give and what he can do for us. But just wanting to know him more. And uh, so, so the, the goal of the message today is to kind of bring this topic up and to stir up a desire in our hearts for that. And then the next couple of weeks we'll unpack it a little bit more and like what might be some obstacles to seeking God's face. Uh, what might be some things that would help us to seek God's face, that kind of thing. So, uh, But let's pray. Let's pray. Let's uh, go to God here. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for just this beautiful day. Thank you for the opportunity to come together here as a church family and seek your face together here, to come into your presence and to just... Uh, want to know you better and to know your will for our lives and to uh, just to grow in our walk with you, God. 
Lord, we also want to lift up those in our church family who are just really struggling right now. Maybe, maybe it's physical problems. We pray for healing for those that are um, having struggles with their physical bodies. Um, also just pray for those that where it's a very emotional time, it's very tumultuous, God. We just pray for a peace amidst the storm for those that are in that place. And um, Lord, for um, we also just pray that you might uh, work and use each one of us to be a blessing to each other as well as those people that we live and work with. Um, those that we maybe attend school with, just help us, God, as to be a light there. So many things going on in our world that are scary, uh, concerning, but yet you can be our anchor, and we want to be a light to others as well, to show them that you are the anchor of our soul, and they can know you. So, Lord, give us open minds to seek your will. And give us soft hearts, Father, to receive your will and give us ready hands to do it. Through Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so this morning I'm kind of using Psalm 105 as a launching point, And then we will hit on a number of other verses that talk about this topic. Uh, if you're, this is kind of a tradition of ours, oftentimes we will read the scripture together, and this is a very short passage, so if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of the word of God, and we will read aloud this very short passage, there's four verses, um, so just read with me out loud. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek this presence continually. This is the Word of God. Please have a seat. You know, there's a lot in those few verses there. Um, I think you probably saw the seek His face and the, His presence and that kind of thing, right? Um, in fact, when you look at those verses there uh, in Psalm 105, uh, it, one of the first things that pops out to me is that, you know, seeking God's face is a means of gaining spiritual strength. It's a means of gaining spiritual strength, right? He says that he says, um, seek the Lord and his strength in verse 4. Seek his presence continually. And so, you know, this topic here, this, this uh, seeking the face of God and seeking is, you know, to grow closer in our walk with Him, that's where we draw our strength from as believers. Um, I, one of the things that um, I've been doing since I got back is I've been spending uh, a lot of time in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in the New Testament, and that is a book written to a young pastor I consider myself a young pastor. No, I'm just <laughs> it's all relative anyway. You know, my definition of young is way older than it used to be. So, but anyway, he, uh, Paul wrote that book, uh, Letter to Timothy. He had some instructions on how he wanted, uh, you know, how the church should run and uh, also how to address some problems. But I have uh, been camping out in chapter two, but the very first verse there. Uh, let me just pull out my journal here real quick because 
in, I have some stuff in here on that. So, um, all right, so 2 Timothy 2, verse 1. I guess I could have looked it up in the Bible, couldn't I, right? Yeah. Uh, it says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace God gives you in Christ Jesus. He says, be strong, in the, uh, be, be strong through the grace God gives you in Christ Jesus. And this is the, the lead verse before he starts really going into a lot of instructions on what he wants Timothy to do in the church and how he should live his life before the church. And so um, what, what this is really uh, getting at is he's like, Timothy, you need to get your strength from God. You need your union with Jesus Christ, your communion with Him, your relationship with Him has to be um, that which you draw your spiritual strength to do what you've got to do. To do, you know, in His particular case, to the calling He had in ministry for any one of us, whatever God wants us to do, right? We need to draw on uh, the spiritual strength that's available to any believer. In fact, uh, when we were going through the book of First uh, Peter, we even learned that we have, um, we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. You remember that verse? We've been everything we need. So knowing that we've been given everything we need in Christ, we can go to the Lord and we could say, Lord, I need that strength that you said you'd give me. That's already mine spiritual strength to live out my life in a way that's glorifying to you amidst whatever's going on in your life. And that's going to look differently because everybody in this place is going through something different in their life, right? Uh, and and you, by the way, you never want to compare wounds. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like you got it worse. I mean, of course, somebody always has it worse than somebody else, right? But the thing is, it, it's whatever they're going through, you know, uh, it's tough. Uh, regardless of whether you've gone through it or maybe you've gone through it with flying colors. But the thing is, is that we all need to see that your um, relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have a personal relationship with Him, drawing strength from Him uh, is, is the most critical thing that we can do, is learning. You know, when you think about that, you think about John 15 and abiding in the vine, right? And, and you know, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, and we're supposed to abide in Him, right? And there's lots of wonderful things that happen through the abiding process, but I think this is related, this seeking God's face, seeking His face, um, and in this Psalm 105 that we started off with where it says, seek the Lord and His strength. This is something that we have to be actively after, actively after. Now, the other thing is that we notice in that Psalm 105 in verse 3, where it says, um, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Realize that seeking the face of God is a heart matter. It's a matter of the heart. So when my heart is not gravitating to, to Jesus and to the Lord and to wanting to spend time with him or just to fellowship with him, then there's a heart problem. 
There's something going on in my heart. And we need to address it. But we just see it is a matter of the heart. Right? So we're really not talking about you know, trying to go find God somewhere. Okay? It's not like God's lost and we're trying to find him. Right? It's a matter of the heart. This is a spiritual seeking God in our heart. And, and you have to have a relationship uh, with the living Christ to, to be able to do what we're talking about today. You have to have the Spirit of God in you crying out, Abba, Father, right? That's what it says in Romans, is that the Spirit of God within the believer, right, which the Spirit is given to everyone who puts their faith in Christ, right, uh, cries, the Spirit of, of the Lord cries out within them, Abba, Father, there's, we, you know, we know when we're His children, right, and uh, we want to be with our Heavenly Father. We want to... Uh, you know, spiritually, metaphorically, crawl up in his lap, if you will, okay? Uh, that may sound strange to you, but just, you know, want him to kind of help us. And, you know, you know how, I mean, I don't, not everybody had maybe the best growing up experience, but, you know, God is the perfect heavenly father, right? And, and he just knows how to comfort you. He, know, he wired you. <laughs> he made you, so he knows exactly what you need. Right? And so when you seek him, he is just customizing and delivering exactly what you need. Okay? Through his spirit. And that's a beautiful thing. That's an incredible thing that God can do that. And so, so we have this strengthening that comes from seeking the Lord's face. We have it's, that it's a matter of the heart. And then we also see in verse 4 of Psalm 105 that uh, it is. A, um, it's to be done continually. To be done continually. Verse 4, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. So this is not a one and done thing. This is something that uh, we must continually pursue. We're never going to arrive uh, in our relationship with our Lord. It's, it's, just, it's, it's supposed to improve. It's supposed to grow closer and closer and uh, there be a, a, an intimacy uh, almost that you can't put into words, right? And, and, uh, and so this is, you know, just like, you know, if you're married and you've been married for quite some time, you know, people start finishing each other's sentences. And some people say they start looking like one another. I hope Linda doesn't start looking like me because then she's going to start losing her hair. But, you, you know, there's the, but there's the, you know, you know it's, it's like that, uh, you know, when you're, when you're a, a Christian, you, you're one of uh, Jesus' sheep, and, and you, you know what his voice sounds like, and you follow it, you know, and, uh, and, and this, is, this is all in the context of relationship, and so, so this, this is an incredible thing. You know, I, um, when, when Linda and I were uh, away, you know, we, we retreat to this place in Georgia at a, at a ministry called Shepherd's Refuge, and it's a place for pastors and their, their wives to go and, and retreat and recharge and so on, and we've really become good friends with the, um, uh, the, the couple that God laid on their heart to do this, to, to build these cabins, and basically to, they, that you pay whatever you can afford. That's how it works. 
Uh, they build every cabin with cash. Uh, every cabin is self-sustaining and has its own septic. It has its, and, and uh, at least one of them has its own power generator now. And, and it's just an amazing thing. But, but when we sat down with this couple, uh, and there were several other people in the room, they had some guests, you know, because there's more than one cabin around. And, but a lot of times we get together with them and we, we talk about what's going on, you know, in our lives and so on. And, and, um, I got to share a little bit about sort of this topic. This, I said, this thing is what God's kind of laying on my heart while I've been up here. And, and Rudy, uh, the, the husband of the couple, it's Rudy and Sandy Mettler, he, uh, I happen to be in his office. So they kind of get a big, it's a big, like, their house is like a big lodge that overlooks a beautiful valley. And I was in his office. And he's like, well, you know, and then he shows me this verse I'm going to share with you. I hadn't even thought about the verse. I don't know why. It's like, it's like should be the verse for the message today. But, you know, this is how God works sometimes, right? He, he just brings in just the right thing at the right time. Psalm 27, verses 7 and 8. Uh, this is David. It says, uh, verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Verse 8, David says, You have said, and so now he's going to quote God. You have said, seek my face. And then David says, he says, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, I do seek. And so it's like you've got this invitation. And I believe that, you know, every believer, every day, every moment, the Lord is inviting us to seek His face in the circumstances. It doesn't mean you check out and you stop work. And, you know, but whatever is going on, to seek His heart in the moment, and that invitation is us, you're just like it was, you know, David's expressing, Lord, you said seek my face, and David's response, I do. I, I am seeking your face. Right, and so by the end of the day, my hope is that... Uh, you, you might be saying, Lord, I do seek your face, or I want to seek your face, and I don't know what that looks like, but I want to. Okay? And that's okay. So, what does it mean to seek God's face? Well, so the word, the Hebrew word for face in the Old Testament is often translated presence. Uh, I found that interesting. I did not know that that the Hebrew word for face in the Old Testament is often translated presence. So when we seek the face of God, we're seeking His presence. That's, I mean, you know, in a very short fashion, that's what it means. We're seeking God's presence in the, right where we are. It doesn't matter where we are, right? Um, and of course, you know, when you, when you hear that, you know, I usually, can't, I have thought about this question. Well, why do we need to seek God's face? Isn't he always with us? It's a logical question, right? And so, just to speak, first of all, to the fact that, yes, there's definitely uh, at least a couple senses that I thought of that in which he is always with us. And so we don't want to neglect those. Uh, let me just mention Matthew 28, verse 20, right, right at the end of the Great Commission, Right? The, the last thing he says, Jesus says to his disciples is, 
he, he gives the command, you know, teaching the disciples, teaching your disciples uh, to observe all that I have commanded you. And listen to what he says. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Always. So that's a promise, right? Anybody that's following Jesus, anyone that has a relationship with the Lord Jesus, they can say with confidence, you know, the Lord's not going to leave you. He's with you uh, until the end, you know, when he comes back in person, right? And so in that sense, yes, he, God has made a covenant commitment to be with each person who has a personal relationship with Jesus. So there's no question about that. And then there is the sense that, you know, the Lord is everywhere, right? The omnipresence of God, as it's been called, right? And uh, the verse that comes to mind there is Psalm 139. Of course, there's many verses, but Psalm 139, verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where, where shall I flee from your presence? And the answer is nowhere. <laughs> there is nowhere where God is not, right? Um, and, and so, so in, in those senses, you're right. I mean, we are right. It's, the Scripture tells us that the, the Lord is with us. He's everywhere. So in what way are we seeking God's presence that we may not always experience it? That's what I want to try to look at. And for that, I, I just have a quote up here uh, to get us started on trying to answer that. Okay? Uh, and, and so this is a quote that's uh, by John Piper. And uh, I'm just going to turn around to read it. It says, there is a sense in which God's presence is not uh, with us always. For this reason, the Bible repeatedly calls us to seek the Lord, seek his presence continually. And then he says, God's manifest, conscious, trusted presence is not our constant experience. There are seasons when we become neglectful of God and give him no thought and do not put trust in him. And we find him unmanifested, uh, that is, unperceived, as great and beautiful and valuable by the eyes of our heart. And then he goes on to finish this quote. He says, his face, the brightness of his personal character, is hidden behind the curtain of our carnal desires. He says, this condition is always ready to overtake us. That is why we are told to seek his presence continually. God calls us to enjoy continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. Now, that's a lot of things said there in a paragraph and so on. But, you know, he, he's just simply saying there is a sense in which we uh, sometimes don't uh, experience the, what we might call the nearness of God or, you know, um, and so on. And, and yes, that is an experiential thing. Or maybe our affections aren't there um, for the Lord. You know, we're not as passionate for the Lord at times. That's the kind of thing he's speaking of, okay? Um, now, so the question is, what does seeking the Lord or seeking God's face practically mean then? Um, one verse kind of expresses uh, the nature of it here. Actually, a couple of verses. First Chronicles 22.19. First Chronicles 22.19. Now, these are David's instructions to the commanders 
who will help his son Solomon build the temple. So he's giving some, uh, David's giving some instructions to the guys that are going to be there to support his son Solomon build the temple. And in those instructions, here's what David says. First Chronicles 22, 19, he says, Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord, so that the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God may be brought into a house built for the name of the Lord. That first phrase, now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. It's a setting of your mind and a setting of your heart and a focus on God. It's definitely, that. I mean, that's what he says. That's what he prefaces, right? Set your heart and mind to seek the Lord. And this sounds very similar. It should sound somewhat similar to us in Colossians chapter 3. Because I think some people might be tempted to think, Greg, this is an Old Testament thing. You know, we don't do this anymore. And I'm going to say, no, you're wrong. Okay? Uh, and this is just week one, okay? So, um, so give me a break here. All right? But Colossians chapter 3, verse, verses 1 and 2 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Right? And then he says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Uh, ironically, that verse is on a plaque outside on the deck of this cabin that I sat on for two weeks. Set your mind on things above, because when you're there, they want you to seek the Lord. Right? Um, and we know that this is not something that we're physically going to find, right? We know this is metaphorical. This is a this is a, a trying to see that you know what what we are to do is to live our lives here on the earth in a manner that's an acknowledgement of a spiritual reality, you know, of the Lord Jesus seated at the right hand of God, reigning and ruling in power, right, and who has given us everything we need for life and godliness to to do His will through all the circumstances that you go through. And so, having a mindset of setting our minds and our hearts on things above. In other words, just this desire to want to connect with God and that our hearts would hear from Him. Okay, That's, that's what we're talking about. But it's a, a, a setting of our minds. But it's because we're human, though, that we get distracted, right? We get distracted and uh, that there are often obstacles or barriers in the way of us seeking God. And for that, I'm going to read to you a quote. It's, it'll be fairly easy to listen to, I think. It says, and again, this is um, from the same article that John Piper wrote about this topic. It says, the heavens are telling the, the heavens are telling the glory of God, so we can seek Him through that. Um, you know, we're not we're not talking about worshiping nature, right? We're talking about worshiping the God who created all that, right? Right. So when you go and you see, uh, and I've never seen, I want to see, Lord willing, the Grand Canyon. I mean, I think it's going to make me want to fall down and worship because not the canyon, but the God that made the canyon. 
Uh, it's just, and so when Piper's saying that, he's saying, you know, God created all this beautiful earth, you know, and uh, when you're out walking in it, you can enjoy him. Some people, I tell you what, I, I remember we taught a course on a Sunday morning. This, gosh, man, this is back in, this is back in early days. Um, and, and the course was about basically just your, how to spend time with God. I mean, that's not the name of it, but it was something like that. And, and it was basically that God has wired each of us a little bit differently to connect with him in different ways. Some people really love to get out in nature. Some people, you know, God really just, you know, I just remember, um, and I don't know if it's still the same, Charlie, but he used to love to go out in the good weather and just walk around and do prayer walks and, and really seem to connect with God in that way. And, and obviously music, right? Some people really connect with God in music. I mean, in, I mean, more than the average person. Like, you know, like, you know, it's your thing. And for me, it's, it's oftentimes music. Music for me, I mean, there, are, there is a song that I must have listened to a hundred times while I was away because the words went straight to the heart just for whatever reason. And so, and so what I'm getting at is that, and what Piper is trying to say is that um, there are different ways that we can seek the Lord. He says, the heavens are telling of the glory of God so we can seek him through that. He reveals himself in his words so we can seek him through that. He shows himself to us in the evidence of grace in other people so we can seek him through that. The seeking is the conscious effort to get through the natural means to God himself, to constantly set our minds toward God in all our experiences, to direct our minds and our hearts toward him through the means of his revelation. This is what seeking God means. And so... um, This is what we're trying to do is just try to say, well, what, what does um, you know, seeking God mean? We're on a, a kind of a, a journey to try to discover this. Now, um, this is not a new, I don't think it's a new concept for our church, you know, uh, seeking God. Um, and um, over the years, we have sung songs as a congregation that express seeking God. In fact, one came, to, okay, so, you know, one of these came to me in the shower today. So that's kind of strange. But anyway, this, this just, you, you know, they, we need to develop some uh, waterproof paper so that when you have these thoughts, we can get them down. But anyway, so in the secret, the song, In the Secret. Here, let me refresh your memory if you don't know. In the secret, in the quiet place, in the stillness, you are there. In the secret, in the quiet hour, I wait only for you because I want to know you more. I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know you more. I want to touch you. I want to see your face. I want to know you more. I am reaching for the highest goal that I might receive the prize, pressing onward, pushing every hindrance aside, out of my way, because I want to know you more. Isn't that, a, isn't that great words? Expre- that's, a heart, that's a seeking heart right there. That's, that's somebody that's wanting God. Um, not what he can do for them, but wanting him. Wanting to know him. 
You know, and so, uh, as I said, you know, we, we've expressed this biblical concept before in our church, you know, but, but maybe it's possible, it was, I believe it was with me, uh, and so I can't presume upon you, but it was po- it's possible that maybe we've lost a little sight of this, is that, you know, we, we you know, as individuals or maybe as a church, we're, we're just kind of looking for God to what He can do for us, what He can help us with. And, and again, we can pray and ask for, and he, asks, he bids us to ask him for whatever, you know, but, but he wants us to seek him right, and to know him better. Do you hear this kind of a heart in the Apostle Paul when he writes things like this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8? He says, um, Indeed, starting in verse 8, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And then he says in verse 10, verse 10 of Philippians 3, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means I may attain uh, the resurrection from the dead. And he is, do you get a sense for his heart in there? He wants to, he doesn't care what it takes. He wants to know the Lord Jesus better. He says, that I, might, I may know him, the power of his resurrection. I don't think this is just, this is just salvation language. It certainly relates to salvation, but, but it's not just that. It's just his ongoing life. He wants to experience the resurrection power to live the way God wants him to live. Now, Paul also expresses even more explicitly, I think, this idea in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 says this. And by the way, this was, uh, if you've never read, if any of you people have read um, Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret? I think there's about two people. You should read that book. All right, just, just a thought. <laughs> it's a biography. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give you the secret. <laughs> well, sort of. Um, right here in this Ephesians 3.19, he says, so it, this is, we're, we're, we're coming into the middle of Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, right? And in verse 19, he says, Paul says he wants them to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So he really wants them to go grow more deeply in love with the Lord Jesus and to know His love in a, in a deeper way. And then he says, this is why, here's the purpose. He says, so that, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, uh, uh, you need to drink up of the love of God and ask Him to just fill you to overflowing. 
I mean, you know, just the, the verses about, um, you know, didn't we sing a song just about thirsting? Did we, wasn't there some words about thirsting, or did I imagine that? There's another song I'm listening to. But, but just the idea of, you know, uh, where the Lord says, you know, from you will flow rivers of living water, right? And certainly that's linked to the Holy Spirit. But also, but just being, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I even know. I mean, I, I can never say right now that I've been filled up with the fullness of God. Um, and I'm not. And by the way, you might uh, misunderstand me. I'm not after some kind of like religious experience. I'm after God. And whatever that means, that's up to him. <laughs> okay, you know, I don't, you know, just all the cards on the table. I mean, I don't know what that means. Except for that, he Paul's praying for the Ephesians to be full up with the fullness of God. I think it's a safe prayer for me to pray. You know, Lord, <laughs> help us to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. In other words, he wants you to know something that you can't know. You can't know it up here, only to a certain degree. He says, you're going you're to have to know it in here, in your spirit. And I don't know how that works. But I know I need to pray it. And I think we all should. Um, because this is what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to be filled up. With the fullness of God, He wants us to grow in in our and to know more of the love of Christ. It's unfathomable, but somehow He wants us to take us into that deeper. You know, and so you start talking about stuff like this, and I think about Psalm thirty-four. Psalm thirty-four, verses eight and nine says. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, is that not an experience? I think. I mean, oh, taste and see. That's like your senses, right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Okay, now here you go. Listen to this, verse 10. The young lions... Suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord, those who seek the Lord, lack no good thing. That is a wonderful promise, isn't it? I want that, and uh, you know, so we just need to ask for it, and, at, and we need to give God permission to do whatever He wants to in our lives. To make that happen, there there might be a, some obstacles in the way. There might be some things that are preventing you um, from, uh, you know, that are that are hindering your walk. Um, that's that's preventing you uh, and me. And so let's just go to the Lord. Let's just ask Him, okay? Let's ask the Lord. Heavenly Father, we are just blessed so blessed to be able to be here and to look over your word, pour over it. Um, think about 
when Jesus, um, when others, so many others were leaving him, he told his disciples, will you leave me too? And they said, well, who will we go? You have the words of life. So we come to you, Lord, and we just ask and pray that uh, maybe for some of us this seek my face thing might seem a little odd or strange, but there's no question it's a scriptural thing. There's no question that we're, we're asked to, 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 to seek out, to grow in our walk with you, in our nearness to you. And so even though it might be hard to put words to, hearing the Apostle Paul say things like that we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and to, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so somehow, even though we have all of your spirit as believers, there is a, there is a uh, filling. And so we ask, Lord, um, help us to seek your face. If we're lacking desire, Lord, uh, Give birth to desire in our hearts to seek your face. Lord, I just think to back to the book of James. I think it's chapter 4 that says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And so, Lord, we just say we want to draw near to you. Would you draw near to us? Lord, we know we don't seek you perfectly, but, Lord, just help our unbelief, help our failings, Lord. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We want to know you not what you can do for us. We want this as individuals and we want it as a church, God. Direct our hearts to you and show us any obstacle in the way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.